I think a good way to describe love is like, how today can I outserve the person that I love the most? Um, because it, the Bible says that we are more blessed to give than we are to receive. And I think that when we look at relationships in a self-seeking, self-serving way, we're going to always leave disappointed. But if we look at relationships and we look at love and how can I serve this person? How can I give life to this person? How can I lift this person up? Not only is that going to bless your spirit because that's how the Lord has wired us, but it's going to bless the person you love. And in turn, that love will continue to grow and flourish. A dream can be anything, whether yours is to start a business, be in a healthy relationship, pursue your dream career, or to get right spiritually. Every week, the Dream Check podcast brings you tips, tricks, and real life insight from people who are living their dreams to the fullest. I'm Nicole Ivanoff, an established international wedding photographer and wife. Like you, I have so many dreams, some of which I've lived out and others I'm still pursuing daily. I'm a girl from suburban Detroit who's made her way out to LA, and although I'm no guru, I have a heart to show you that if I or anyone who comes on this podcast can do it, so can you. Welcome to the show. Time to check in. What's up, friends, and welcome back for another episode on the Dream Check Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Ivanoff, and I'm so happy that you're here. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the show. Uh, This is such a great episode to start with. Today, I have my very dear friend, Tori Masters, on the podcast. Tori, first and foremost, is an amazing God-fearing woman. She is an incredible wife, an incredible friend, and her and her husband are just doing so much for the kingdom. They have an extremely successful YouTube channel where they share just encouraging messages and encouraging conversations about what Jesus is doing in their lives. They have built an amazing online community from that, and they also host a daily devotional podcast called The Messy Masterpiece. Tori is just an amazing woman with an amazing heart for Jesus, and I'm so honored and excited to have her on the show. Today, we're going to dive into red flags in dating relationships, um, some things that she personally struggled with during her singleness. Um, She talks about the five characteristics that she would would say are the most important in a husband or a spouse now that she's married. And then she also just shares some of the biggest lessons she has learned since becoming a wife, along with so many more other things. She shares so much wisdom, so much encouragement, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. Let's go check in. Okay, so... I'm so excited to have you on. I feel like you just have so much wisdom and so much insight and just your journey and what you and Chad are doing. Um, I just think is so incredible and amazing. And uh, next year, next season, I, I want to have the both of you on the podcast because yes. I feel like that's like a whole other, um, you know, amazing will be another amazing episode. But share a little bit about who you are, where you're at, because so when Tori and I met, she was moving to L.A. Yeah. But now she's back in Florida. So kind of share that story. Well, it's so funny. So my just so you guys know, Chad and I, we are kind of a newlywed couple. I mean, we're in the first three years, um, but we 
moved out to LA or I moved out to LA. We got married and then we moved back to Florida about a year ago. We were building our dream home and we are just moving in and it has been such a journey. Um, But we do social media. We have a YouTube channel where our why has always been to be those people that we wish we would have had. And so our hope and our dream is really just to encourage the next generation and help them not make the same mistakes that we made because we learned the hard way on so many things. And so if we can help people not make those same mistakes, that would be our goal just to walk in the freedom of who they are in Christ. Um, So we also have a daily devotional podcast called The Messy Masterpiece. We love devoting ourselves daily with our fam. And yeah, I feel like we're just kind of on this crazy journey that God's taking us on. And it's been it's been a ride. But back kind of circling back to LA, Nicole was actually one of my first friends in LA. I moved into a home with girls I had not even met because Chad and I dated cross country and I knew we were going to get engaged soon, but I didn't know when and we're not a fan of like living together before marriage. So he found me a place to live with these girls and Nicole and I had only connected really on Instagram. I think we met Mm -hmm. like for five minutes before I moved to LA because I bought a pair of jeans from you from the denim queen i forgot about that <laughs> it was oh so gosh. funny so oh. funny and um and she texted me throwback. like the first day that i moved to la and she's like hey i would love to help you like set up your room and chad was out of town and so she literally took me to tj maxx and hobby lobby and home goods and helped me set up my space and just invited me into her circle and i feel like it was such a huge reason why my LA experience was what it was. And I always tell people that when they ask me about how LA was, I was like, you know, I had some girls with me that really just changed the game. That was so, it feels like another lifetime ago. I know. Truly. I mean, it it was what, three years ago? It was three years ago. That was three years ago. That's wow. crazy. Yeah. When you moved, I remember, you know, Chad just saying, I'm, you know, my girlfriend, soon to be fiance is <laughs> moving here. And I just really want her to be surrounded by such good community. And then, you know, to not my surprise, then you introduced me to such an amazing community and the Bible study mm-hmm. you led was so life-giving to me. And so... I just love how we were able to do that for each other. That's that's good community. It is. I mean, it was it was wild because the first like two weeks of L.A., I mean, I had met you. I had met my one of my best friends, Chelsea, and another really good friend of mine named Kristen. And so the first two weeks I was like in Kristen's small group on Wednesdays and yours on Thursdays and just surrounded by all these incredible women of God. And I remember in that first month being just like hearing from the Lord where he was like, one of your missions in LA is to connect these women. And what I love so much now, not living in LA, is seeing so many of y'all like still be connected, even though like I'm not there. Mm-hmm. Like having Riley on the podcast mm-hmm. and like seeing y'all and your friendship like flourish. It's like that little God vision from the first week where Chad mm-hmm. had introduced me to so many women, but they were all from different circles. And I'm like, these are such powerful women of God. Like they all need to know each other. And so I look back and it was just such a sweet season. Uh, you do have the gift of connecting and Aww. gathering. I love to gather. And I will say one of my favorite things about Tori is she speaks truth no matter what the situation is. And she's that friend that I can call and maybe deep down, it might not be what I want to hear, but I know it's what I need to hear. (laughs) Let's say I'm in a disagreement with Nico and she will give me the advice that, 
that is just the truth and it is God-centered. And I feel like that everyone needs friendships like that, where mm-hmm. you're not just like a yes person and you're not just like a whatever is going to like, you know, stroke my ego and make me feel good. But you're yeah. always going back to God's word and God's truth. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. such, that's so important in, in friendship. Aww. So, Well, I remember hearing this quote, I think it was by Christine Kane, but she said, we, we can't deny truth in the name of love. We just mm. have to get better about speaking truth in love because that's so good, you know, because I do, I think that, you know, we live in a culture that's so scared to offend people or so scared to, to mm-hmm. speak truth because it might hit them the wrong way, but it's actually not loving to not mm. speak truth into someone's life. We just have to do it from the right mindset and the, my, mm. the right heart shift. And so if I ever give you advice for your marriage and it, it might not be like what you're wanting to hear, it's the place where it comes from is loving because I'm for your marriage, mm-hmm. you know, and your marriage is for the kingdom. And so I think we all kind of so get good. stuck in that mindset where we want to call the person who's going to be like, you're so right, like, mm-hmm. you're, you, you know, but what we need is people who point us back to the Lord and point us back to Christ. Amen. That's so good. (laughs) Okay. So the first question I'm going to ask is the first question I ask every guest, which is what is a dream that you have right now in this moment? Wow. I feel like I have so many dreams, even though Chad's really like the dreamer in our relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like the dream that comes to mind is just seeing like our generation kind of rise up. Um, mm-hmm. to not be scared of speaking the gospel and speaking truth. I don't know. I feel like we've gone through this time kind of like we were just talking about where people are nervous to share, or don't feel confident in sharing. And I feel like everything that Chad and I do is to raise up like a community of people who are encouraging each other in Christ and mm-hmm. like not ashamed of the gospel and also not ashamed of their past and Mm -hmm. like walking inside of that freedom and also just a totally side note dream is like a dream of Chad and I like building our family and it's crazy because I look around and I feel like we are standing in so many answered prayers in this Mm -hmm. moment like in this period of time and yet there's also so many dreams in the future and um, for anyone out there who feels like okay, I have so many prayers and the Lord is just not, his timeline and my timeline look so different. I do encourage mm-hmm. people to look back on all the prayers that have already been answered because it, it it's gonna increase your faith for whatever dream you have right now that mm-hmm. you're like, I don't know if that's ever gonna happen to think where you are now in comparison, you know, to five years ago, 10 years ago, like I would have never dreamed that I would have built our dream home with my husband and we're going to be trying Mm -hmm. to start a family and we're building this online community. Like I'm walking in so many dreams come true right now. And -hmm. I think that the Lord continues to change my dreams every single day. And I did listen to your episodes with Riley and with Caden. And I love what they said about having dreams that are more focused on other people, you know, mm-hmm. and having those prayers that that impact the world, you know, mm-hmm. of, okay, if all my prayers were answered right now, would it change my life or would it change the world? So good. You know, I don't know I if I answered that. your question, but yeah. No, you did. I, and I was literally going to say that, like, I love that your dream is affects other people, not just you. And I just love the thought and the the whole idea in general around, like, going back and, like, 
even journaling all Mm -hmm. the answered prayers. And it's like, wait, we're actually living. We're all living in a God dream. Like we have breath in our lungs. Yeah, It could be the smallest thing. I mean, I even think of my marriage. Like that was a Mm -hmm. dream I never, like my marriage was something I never thought I would ever have. Yeah. And so whenever I'm having moments of feeling like I have an unanswered prayer, like going back and reflecting Mm -hmm. and remembering, wait, God answered this and this took seven years, you know? Yeah, his timeline is very long. different than ours. But he's absent from time, so yes. he can change yes. our situation in a mm-hmm. moment. Yeah, and I love that about God. And um, I just I love that was your dream. Oh well, I you know, and it's back to timeline. It's so funny, Chad and I have said this so many times because if any of you listening are following Chad and I, we're very open about like our journey of trying to get pregnant. And so mm-hmm. we've been open about that throughout the whole year and we're, we're closing out the year and it, it really is wild. But I think that when we get to heaven, we are not going to look at God and be like, why God? We're mm-hmm. going to say, oh, I know. Why. I get yeah. it. <laughs> I see what you are doing. And I think it's okay to, I think it's okay to have those realizations of, okay, sometimes my timeline looks different than God's mm-hmm. and to, to grieve that in a way, cause he can handle those emotions, but then mm-hmm. also giving it back to him and saying, okay, I know that you know better than me. You know? Yeah, that's so good. I listened to Don Cherie Wilkerson on Sadie mm-hmm. Robertson's podcast and Same. she, it was so good. I was like driving. I had to listen to it like when I wasn't driving so I can like mm-hmm. actually take notes. Um, she's so wise and just she the way is. she speaks is so, so easy to listen to. But mm-hmm. she had talked about, you know, their journey of trying to get pregnant for like eight yeah. years. And yeah. she says now she can look back. Now they have like three little miracles, three babies, yes. and she can look back and, and know why, like all, mm-hmm. all of the character building God did during that time, yes. all of the you know, the eight years that she got to grow close to God and depend on God um, for mm-hmm. those constant prayers. Yeah. Um, and so I just thought that was so powerful and just another testament of God's timing and yes. looking back, like now I know, for me example, I know why when I wanted to move to LA at 18, now why yes. I was never able to. But at that yeah. time when I was complaining, I'm like, why? Like, why, why don't I have the finances? Mm-hmm. And now, you know, 10, 12 years later, like I know why. And and I just love that how, you know, God is so funny like that. Cause I just picture yeah. him like, you know, looking at us like, you'll mm-hmm. know why soon, you know? Yeah, 100%. Um, so good. Okay. So I feel like you, you have very similar passions with me when it comes to um, dating and relationships and your passion for, you know, wanting women or men in general just to not settle and to wait for God's best because Mm -hmm. you've seen it I've seen it we've been on both ends and so I love talking to people who have done it like I I guess I'll say the world's way and have done it God's way and just have seen the difference and and the reward and the fruit of doing it God's way so Mm -hmm. you and Chad recently did a video on you know uh, biggest red flags in relationships and signs it's worth continuing or maybe letting go of Mm -hmm. what would you say is the biggest red flag in a dating relationship? One of the biggest red flags I would say is if their actions don't meet what they're saying. You know, Mm -hmm. I think actions speak louder than words. And sometimes, or at least from experience, I had been in relationships where I had fallen in love with the picture that they created in my head of what could be or what they, they spoke would happen. 
but it never actually happened. And so I was in love with a fantasy. I wasn't in love with the reality. And so I think what's really important is to make sure that you're looking at the fruit in their life. Um, Something Chad and I have been talking a lot about lately is how we put so much emphasis on the gifts of the Spirit and not enough emphasis on the fruits of the Spirit. And the fruits of the Spirit are more hidden and they don't get as much like glory, right? They don't have a Mm -hmm. platform. They don't have the fame, but the fruits of the spirit are what you should be looking for in a relationship. The gentleness, the kindness, the patience, the long suffering, you know, the the qualities that are going to be so vitally important in a marriage. And I think that our generation looks more for the gift. They want the, the stage, they want the fame, and they don't focus on the gift of obscurity. You know, I think our character is built in obscurity, but we live in a generation that wants a platform. And so I think making sure that um, that person that you're dating, you're dating them for the right reasons and just making sure that if they have a big game to talk, that their actions line up. Yeah, that's so good. And and just the pursuit, I feel Mm -hmm. like, is this man pursuing you? Or is it out of convenience? And Chad Mm -hmm. touched on that in the video, I think. You know, is he is he doing what's convenient or is he going out of his way to to make sure that you feel seen and loved? And is he intentional? So what do you think that what does that look like from a dating perspective? Like how how would someone know if they're being intentionally pursued? Well, I do feel like it, you can tell if someone's pursuing your heart versus like pursuing your body, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and making sure that those conversations that you're having are much more than just surface conversations. Cause I think if a guy is being intentional with you, they're going to be a good listener. And when you're having conversations, they're asking you those questions that are getting to like who you really are. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just, Oh, I'm attracted to, you know, what you look like, or you're like you said, a convenience or this feels like it's just, Oh yeah, this could, you know, this could work. No, it's like going out of your way when Chad and I, we're dating. We lived across the country from each other. So every single thing that Chad did was intentional. And I remember he was, he exceeded my expectations in so many ways. Cause I had done long distance relationships before and I had such low expectations because the previous relationships were just not up to par mm-hmm. when he was like, Hey, I want to go ahead and set, um, you know, expectations. I was like, you do. And he's like, yeah, I want to make sure that, you know, we see each other, you know, this amount of time, even though we're long distance. And I want to make sure that I go out of my way to like plan these dates with make you feel special and make you feel like the princess that you are. Like, I think that it's important for a man to recognize that you are God's daughter, you know, and it's important for females to look at a man and say, you are God's son. And I think that 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 pursuit and that intentionality of conversation and dates and making sure that it is just something that, and and keep in mind, I'm not saying that if like a date is convenient, it's a bad date. You know, it doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be extravagant every single time. Um, But I think that you will know, especially if you are in tune with the Holy Spirit and you're constantly communicating with the Holy Spirit, especially when you're dating and you're not asking the Lord like later on, you know, cause yeah. I feel like a lot of times we, 
you know, that, that saying of like, oh, well, I'll just ask for forgiveness, you know, mm-hmm. versus ask for permission. I think that when you are in that singleness stage, asking the Lord, like, hey God, like, is this what you have for me? Like, should I date this person versus getting into a relationship and then asking God once it like gets hard? Yeah. And I think there's something like to say about a guy who is texting you, hey, want to hang out versus like, yeah. hey, I would love to take you on a date. Mm-hmm. When are you free? Yes. You know, it. he's you shouldn't put in any more effort than he should. If he's mm-hmm. not showing he cares, like, why should you, you know, I, I just think it needs to be both sided, like from both ends. And I do think, you know, his actions will show how much he actually does care and what his intentions are. And I do think it's important to, to go on dates. I mean, Nico still to this day will say, and we obviously live together. We'll be like, babe, what are your plans Friday night? And I'm like, I don't have any plans. Like, okay, mark your calendar for 7 PM. We're, we're going on a date night. I'm like, what are we doing? He's like, you'll find out. But like, it's that constant pursuit, even though we're already dating, he's still making me feel loved and still making me feel like he's excited to date me. And I, and I think that's so important, especially in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So important. And, and like, it just goes back to like actions will speak louder than words. You know, if a guy's saying like, oh, you mean so much to me and I want to do anything to make this work. And then as soon as it gets hard, they're not putting in any effort, then that's a red flag, you know, because their actions are no longer lining up with what they are saying when it's easy. Mm-hmm. What would you say? A lot of people asked this in a question box recently. When is the right time to have the purity talk with the person that you're dating? As soon as possible. (laughs) I feel like um, I'm just like as soon as possible because you don't want to get so many dates in to where like number one, it's uncomfortable or you get attached in a way you're starting to create memories with this person. And if they're not on the same page as you, then that's a red flag. Cause it takes two to tango, you know, like it takes two to walk in purity. It's going to be so hard if only you are on that page and the guy isn't, or if you're the guy and the girl isn't like, it makes it really difficult. And you just want to, you want to be with a person who's on the same page spiritually, just in general. Um, but I would say have that purity talk very quickly. Yeah. And I, and I will add to if, if this guy is really into you and he might in his head feel like he can, he'll be cool with it now. Like, Oh, I respect that. Like, that's cool. Like it's not a respect that thing. It's like, I'm pursuing it too thing. If it's not his personal boundary, along with it being your personal boundary, he will be more likely to cross it and tempt you to cross it. 100%. Even though in the moment he says, I love that, I respect that. Yeah, I think I can be on board with that. No, it's it's either a personal boundary or it's not because six months down the line, when things he, get heated, things get heated and now yep. he resents you for it. Mm-hmm. And now, or he's tempting you or saying stuff like, it's just this or it's just that. It's not a big deal because if he doesn't understand your why behind it and he doesn't have a personal relationship with God, then he'll never understand it and he'll never be on the same page with you. No, I couldn't agree more. It's it's just a dangerous, you know, the Bible says that we should flee from all, you know, temptation. We run, we run away from the line. And I think that 
we live in this society where we want to play with temptation. We want to play with the line. Cause I feel like one of the biggest questions we always get is like, well, where do you draw the line? Like how much can you do? Like what base is a sin? And it's like, no, you flee from sexual immorality. It shouldn't be how close we can get to the line. It should be, I love God so much that I want to honor him with every action. You know, like if anything is causing me to lust, I want to run away from that. And, and I also want to care about the person enough that I'm like with to not tempt them. You know what I mean? That's so good. And I, you know, I dated a guy a little bit before I met Nico and it was, he was a great guy, Christian, Mm -hmm. you know, went to church. Like I, I truly believe he's a great guy, but in my spirit, I felt something was off because he would ask questions like, well, I know like sex is off the table, but like, what is on the table? Like how, what can we do where it's, and I'm like, wait a second, hold on. Mm -hmm. Like I want a man who's going to lead me in purity and, you know, run away from it with me, not walk the line of like, how much can we do before it's like crossing the line? No, it's like, that doesn't sit right in my spirit. Yeah. And so if you're listening to that and listening to this and you're resonating with that, I feel like listen to your gut. I feel like that's the Holy Spirit telling you like something's off and this person might be great, but that doesn't mean they're great for you. I agree. I mean, both of us have been, you know, we've done relationships wrong. And I think that, you know, this conversation isn't from like a higher or we, we did everything right kind of conversation. This is we've walked the wrong way. We've felt the shame of sexual impurity. Like we've, Mm -hmm. we've felt that and wow, the grace of the Lord and how incredible that his mercies are new every morning. And it's never too late. Like it's never too late. Even if you're in a relationship right now where y'all are in like habitual sin, like habitually having sex with each other, like it is never too late to bring that to the Lord and change directions and to pivot. Um, it's so life-giving for your soul. You know, like the Bible says that sexual immorality is the only sin that we commit commit against our own body. And so there's something to be said about the ramifications of that in, in our like psyche, you know, like there is something that happens. Um, and yeah, I don't really know where I was going with that, but I just want people to know that it's never too late. Yeah. And I think it's, there's something to be said about, I don't know the exact scripture, but in the Bible, it says that a man with no self-control will bring your house down. And I think of that when I think of like being single and dating, like if he has no self-control in dating, like I feel like self-control builds trust. So like we trust our husbands because we were able to see the fruit of their self-control in in the dating and in the marriage. And so now that builds trust. And so lack of self-control. So if, you know, the person you're dating is lacking self-control in, um, you know, with physical intimacy, And I feel like that just breeds into all areas of his life. And so if he's on a work trip, you're going to be less likely to trust him because deep down, you know, he has no self-control. But if if he can 
hold like if he can have self-control in a with the person that he loves yeah with the person that he loves and he can have self-control in any situation with anyone and that just builds character and builds trust and I think that's that that verse in the bible helped me in multiple dating situations just run the opposite direction yeah it's so good I remember being so annoyed with Chad when we first started dating same because he wouldn't (laughs) kiss me until I was officially his girlfriend Mm -hmm. and I remember we'd been talking for so long not so long, but we had been friends for so long. And I was like ready to be his girlfriend before he officially asked, which by the way, he never officially asked. He just started calling me his girlfriend. Well, he just um, kissed you. And that was the, yeah, I guess that was, that was the ask. Um, <laughs> yeah. but I remember being annoyed and then looking back and being like, wow, that was him showing me because he was in the modeling industry for so many years when we were dating and when we first got married and he was like, I wanted you to know that if I could have self-control with someone who I was intentionally pursuing and you know that I like care so deeply about you, if I could have self-control with you, that you wouldn't have to worry about me when I was on a job with, you know, beautiful women. And it was true. It really did like help me and allow me to trust him greater because I knew Mm -hmm. that he had self-control with me. Yeah, that's so good. And I I even think about, and I've shared this on the podcast, like when Nico had the curfew of 11 p.m. when we were dating, I would be so annoyed in the moment, like, oh, come on, like we're adults, like I can, we can watch one more movie, like it's not a big deal. And he'd be like, no, because if we cross that boundary today, we'll do it tomorrow and the next day and the next day. But every time it never failed, I'd get in my car driving home and I would just be so overwhelmed with like, wow, like he respects me so much and he respects boundaries. Yeah. And he loves God. And because he loves God, he knows how to pursue you, Mm -hmm. you know? Yep. That if, if a man truly has a relationship with God, God will be guiding him and he'll know how to do it the right way. So obviously God is love, but what would you say is, you know, your definition of true love? Like, what do you believe It's going to be an interesting definition, but I feel like love is service. You know, I feel like we, we get our definition of love from the world and from Hallmark movies. And if you notice a lot of romance novels and like different things, like they end when people get married, you know, like the whole Mm -hmm. romance story and the following in love and everything else, it always like finishes the movie when they get married. And I think that's so funny. Like marriage is an end goal. And we're like, no, 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 no. That's like the beginning of our story. And I think a good way to describe love is like, how today can I outserve the person that I love the most? Um, because it, the Bible says that we are more blessed to give than we are to receive. And I think that when we look at relationships in a self-seeking, self-serving way, we're going to always leave disappointed. But if we look at relationships and we look at love and how can I serve this person? How can I give life to this person? How can I lift this person up? Not only is that going to bless your spirit because that's how the Lord has wired us, but it's going to bless the person you love. And in turn, that love will continue to grow and flourish. Um, And so I do, I think that love is more than a feeling. I think that it's a choice. I think you get to choose how you love that person every day. Every day isn't easy. And sometimes we do have to choose to love Mm -hmm. someone. Um, But I, I know that those days that I can be like annoyed with Chad or like um, frustrated about something. If I decide to serve him, I grow in love for him as the day progresses. 
That's, that's so powerful. And I think of, you know, like a, a mom with a newborn baby, you know, like that baby can do nothing for you until what it's like 16 and upwards. Yeah. And especially when it's a baby, like you're changing its diaper, you're feeding it, you're, you're literally servicing that baby 24 hours around the clock and it can't do anything for you. But yet your love for that child grows every minute, every hour. And, you know, it's, it's easier to think of when it's a baby because they're like helpless and you kind of like have to. Yeah. But I feel like we should treat all of our relationships like that. Like how can we outserve our friends? How can we outserve our spouse or our partner? Because that's, that's the way that the love is going to grow. Even like you said, in moments where I'm annoyed, I don't want to cook him dinner, but like, I, I always feel better after, you know, and a lot of times it's, it's a hard thing for you you know, and, and for us more than them. And so I think that's so powerful. Yeah. And I think too, especially when you're married, it's like, okay, let me look back to all the prayers I prayed over this man when I was single and how much I prayed for this day where I get to do this for my husband. You know, like even though this I'm annoyed right now, like I'm walking in an answered prayer that I get to cook my husband breakfast. Like, I get to do that. I get to love him today. I get to do life with this person. I'm no longer searching. You know what I mean? Like that, mm-hmm. the singleness se- uh, season can be tough because you do feel like you're, you're searching and you're praying over that future person that God has for you. Um, and so, but when you are in marriage, sometimes you lose sight of that season, you know, and we need to remember that season so that we can continue to have that, that sweetness and joy every day inside of our marriage. That's so beautiful. What would you say to someone who is settling out of fear that they'll never find someone else? They've been dating someone for years or in their gut, they know it's not right, but they're afraid that they'll never find someone else or fear of starting over. You know, maybe they're in their thirties and it just seems like, you know, if I break up with this person, I'm 35 and now single again. Yeah. Well, the rest of your life is a long time. You know, and I think that a lot of people get trapped in this. Well, I've, I've been in this for three or four years or seven years or whatever that might be, but marriage is a lifetime. It's another 40 years or or, or even more, you know, depending on how old you are, how long the Lord is going to, you know, keep you here on earth on a mission. And I, I think that we skew time and we allow the enemy to, um, be sneaky. He's so sneaky, you know, and you have to, to think whose eyes am I seeing this through? Do I trust God? You know, because if I'm acting out of fear, that's literally telling God, well, I don't trust you. I don't trust you. I feel like if I release this, even though that would be obedience, because I know that I'm not being obedient and staying in this, God, I don't trust you. I don't trust you to bring the right person. I don't trust that you have better for me. I don't trust that, you know, this is going to whatever. It's it's really a trust issue and it's fear. And I think that the enemy has always, um, from the beginning of time, used fear as a tactic to um, trap us, you know, mm-hmm. and we always need to make a decision based on, am I following fear or am I following my peace? And the Holy Spirit, he speaks in peace and just because something is hard doesn't mean there isn't going to be peace wrapped up inside of it because 
I was in the wrong relationship for a long time and I knew that it was the wrong relationship, but I had been in it for four years and I had what I call my mountaintop moment. And I remember it it should have been everything. I should have been feeling all the things because everything that I'd been asking him to do for so many years, he was finally doing. And yet there was something still off in my spirit. We were not equally yoked. And I remember getting out of the shower and I remember like wiping the mirror and looking at myself in the mirror and saying, Lord, help me see this man through your eyes Hmm. for whether or not he is my husband or not. And if he is not, help me, like give me the grace to let this go because I cared about him. I was like, I I care about him too much to keep him from who he's supposed to be with, to waste his time any longer if this is not what God has for us. And I remember having a dream that like solidified this question where I'll just be honest. Um, I was on stage holding up a Bible and he was on stage holding up a whiskey bottle, whiskey bottle and our children were confused. And I remember it was such a powerful picture and powerful vision of, okay, we are not equally yoked and it has nothing to do with feelings or like having to have the right answer of why it's not going to work. It was, it was an obedience issue. Am I, am I going to be obedient to God um, and walk away from this? And I know that the Lord is not in the business of demotions. Like he always gives promotions. And So so if this person that you're, you know, is not right for you. And you're just scared that the Lord doesn't have anything better than you're really putting God in a box because God is so big and he is so great and he is so good and he wants to lavish you with love. And yet you think that like, he doesn't have someone that's going to propel you to him and like bring you so much joy and make you feel peace. Like, I think this is more of a, like, how do you view God issue more than Mm -hmm. anything else? That's so good. And I truly believe that obedience is God's love language. And like you said, He's not going to give you worse than what you have, especially if in your gut, you know, this person is not leading you closer to God. And I truly believe that someone's either leading you closer to God or further away. There's no in between. There isn't. There's no grace. And so look at the fruit of, of the relationship. Do you feel like you've grown closer to God or further away? And I feel like that will give you the answer that you need as hard as it, hard as a pill, as hard of a pill it may be to swallow. Like God's it's only going to reward easy. your obedience. It never yeah. is. Breakups suck. Like they mm-hmm. do. They're the worst. Um, Chad and I, I think did a video years ago of like breakups suck. Like we hope this helps because they're, they're really not easy. But I remember that week of the breakup. And I remember, uh, being in the shower and just like in the fetal position, like crying my eyes out Mm -hmm. and the Lord meeting me there in such an intimate way. And I think I needed that. Like I needed that season of singleness to heal and realize that the Lord fills those voids, fills those holes. Um, because if I walked into marriage thinking that Chad could fill all of my needs, then Yikes, you know, because I say this all the time, but (laughs) Chad makes an amazing husband, an amazing, incredible husband, really crappy God, you know, like he cannot fill the God size hole that I have in my heart. He fills other things that the Lord, like, you know, created him to fill, but he can't fill all of the desires and needs that I need from only my heavenly father, like only my heavenly father can, can fill those holes. And so I think having just like looking back, I'm so thankful 
like mm-hmm. that he answered my prayers with a no, you know, because you never pray for a relationship and you're like, Lord, I don't want this to work out. You know, you're always like, Lord, please. And I look back and I'm like, praise you, Jesus, that that did not work out. And you answered with a no. Yeah. And like, it's to flip the perspective, because I believe everything is about perspective. Like, you know, going through a hard breakup, you can look at that as an opportunity to grow closer to God and really, you know, lean into the spirit to see what, what kind of person do you actually want to be with? You know, what kind of person does God want you to be with? Um, And first of all, he wants you to be with someone who's going to push you closer to him. And so if the person, if, you know, if the person you're dating doesn't have a relationship with God and you do, there's always mm-hmm. going to be tension. Yeah. Um, and so that's why the Bible says being equally yoked is so important. And, you know, I, you know, I know relationships where people went in both not knowing God and then coming to know right. God together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's beautiful. But they were they were equally yoked at that point, too, in their lack of belief, coming together in their belief. Um, but if one person is a believer and the other is not, I think it's just going to be really hard to grow together. So being being married now, what would you say are like the top five characteristics to look for in a future spouse, in a husband, like what, knowing what you know now being married, like what would be your, your top five prayers for your future husband? Or maybe they're the same. So good. Do you remember Bible study in LA where I made the whole group write their non-negotiables and I I made everyone sign it? it. Yes. It's a contract. (laughs) I love it. Well, that was so, so great because we got to hold each other accountable. And I remember I did that with my Bible study too later on. And I remember one of the girls in the group was going through a hard time with this guy she was dating. And, you know, God gave us that responsibility of keeping each other accountable. So I just randomly one day felt it on my spirit to send her a picture of her non-negotiable list. Yes. And and, and the response... (laughs) <laughs> yes, it wrecked her. But we all yeah. need that reminder. I think the we non-negotiable do. list is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone out there has a non-negotiable list, you should post it and tag us because we love seeing those. Yes. But anyways, if looking back now, I don't even remember what my list was. I made it probably six years ago now, which is crazy. Um, I feel like a man that is patient is so important. Um, a man that loves God more than me. Because I think that a lot of women want to be number one in the relationship. And I think that's a dangerous place to be because I think that puts you on a pedestal that you do not want to be on. Like only God should be number one in their life. And because they love God, they'll love you so much better. A man that is intentional, kind of like what we were saying, like Chad is so intentional. I had a really, really bad day yesterday, like a really, really bad day, struggling with anxiety, sadness, all the things. When you're trying to get pregnant, when you start your period, it's just not a good day. Mm -hmm. And so this morning he uh, woke me up, took my phone away, put it on do not disturb, got my Bible and my journal out. He said, you are not getting your phone for an hour. And he set up my devotional space and because he knew, like he knew that the only thing I needed was to be in the presence of the Lord. It was the only thing that was going to help me. And it did. And and that's intentionality and the pursuit, you know, it's not, you know, an extravagant date, but it's that daily intentionality that means so much. And a man that's willing to, to 
pray. Like a prayer warrior is really important because um, the enemy hates marriage, hates marriage. It's a powerful institution and it's a covenant under the father. And we always say the enemy will try to get you in bed before marriage and out of bed once you're married. And mm-hmm. so a man that can pray over your marriage and pray against the attacks of Satan is so just like vitally important. Um, and so just a man who's unashamed of his faith, um, and willing to pray over his friends and pray over, you know, whatever, you know, just pray constantly is really important. Um, and then a man who makes you laugh, like a man that you love talking to just as much as you love kissing, you know, Mm -hmm. um, it's good. It's true. You know, you want that person to be your best friend. You want that person to, to be the person that, when something good happens or the first person you want to tell her when something bad happens, they're your safe place. So you posted on an Instagram caption recently that one of the biggest things you've learned in being a wife um, mm. is that managing your expectations is key. Yes. <laughs> Can you, I, I mean, that really hit me. I read it last night and I was like, oh man. Um, oh, can you kind of elaborate <laughs> on that a little? Oh, yes. Um, I remember we have good friends, uh, Jess and Gabe Conti, and we, we met them before we got engaged. And I remember when we first got engaged, Gabe was like, I'm going to give you our best marriage advice. And I was like, okay. He said, have no expectations because every single day they will exceed them. Um, and we were just laughing. <laughs> and um, but, it, it, but it is true because I think where I have failed inside of marriage sometimes is having expectations for Chad to react a certain way to prioritize the same way I prioritize, to to think about a situation that in the way I think about the situation and think about marriage is you're not trying to make this person into your image. You know, like you are, you, you, you bear the image of the Lord in different ways and you sharpen each other. And I just feel like there's so many expectations you might have that you don't even realize that you have that will end up getting you in trouble um, because it just, it ruins experiences. I think that like, and keep in mind, expectations and standards are two different things. You know, like me saying, I expect you to know what I'm thinking versus the standard of saying, well, well, I expect you to care how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Those are That's two so different good. things. Yeah. That's Did so that good. Yeah, no, I think that's, you know, if we have expectate, we're two, two different people, you know, and God has very specifically designed each of us. Our personalities are designed differently. The way we respond to things were designed differently. And so if you're constantly expecting this person to give you the response that you want or the reaction that you want or to feel the way you're feeling, obviously you're going to be let down. You're and so again, yeah. exactly. And I think this ties back to like, you're doing yourself a great service by having no expectations on this person, because at the end of the day, we're both human and we're both going to fail each other. Yeah. And you just can't expect what you don't communicate. So it's not like saying that you can't expect certain things, but you just have to communicate that. Like, Hey, if I need help around the house and I communicate like, Hey babe, as I do this, do you mind doing the dishes? Or like, Hey, while I do this, do you mind like switching over the laundry? That's okay. You communicated that. But if you just expect and you're doing something else and he's not over there doing the dishes and now you're frustrated, that's Mm -hmm. not fair because you didn't communicate that. Yeah. I feel like that's so common in marriages. 
I think one of the most powerful things that we talked about in premarital counseling was in the book we were reading, there was a chapter on expectations. And the couple that did our premarital counseling had us speak out loud and write down our expectations of each other in marriage. Something as little as he expects me to cook because he can't cook. Yeah. And so I expect him to help out with if I'm cooking, you're doing the dishes or you know, you're taking the trash out because I'm doing the laundry. And so now like in like that we're in it, you know, we have these spoken expectations. So he knows if I'm cooking, he's always doing the dishes, but I also love to cook. So I, I think it's just such a funny and powerful, like they are spoken expectations. And I think it's so important to do so you don't find yourself in a situation where should be common sense. There's dishes in the sink. Do the dishes. It's like men honestly don't think like we do either. They can't read minds. So we have to over communicate. Yeah. And I do think that, you know, like we have different priorities too. Chad and I, something we found super beneficial recently in the last couple of months is every Sunday we have like a family team meeting and we will sit down with like a big calendar for the week. And we will start with questions before we get to our to-do list and everything else. We will start with Hey, how was last week? Like, can I do anything this week different than I did last week to help you out, to make you feel more valued, to make you feel more love? Like, what do you need from me this week? Because from week to week, it could vary. Like, especially as women, um, Mm -hmm. our emotions are very different and we go through different cycles during the month, you know? And Mm -hmm. the week that I start my period, I need extra gentleness and I need extra cuddles and extra love. You know, like, I don't need tough love that week. Like, I might need two weeks prior, you know? And so just, like, communicating what you need consistently, you know? It's not like, okay, I set these expectations five weeks ago. And I expect you to remember everything, you know, it's like making sure that you're having those check-ins I think is really important. Um, because, because things change, you know, and you want to make sure that like you have a safe place to communicate, you know, what you're needing in this season. That's so good. I'm inspired. I feel like that is something all married couples should do like a weekly check-in. That's so, that's cool. You guys should put out some sort of like marriage check-in journal or something, I would buy it. (laughs) Well, I will send you the link to the big family planner that we do. Um, it's actually a friend of Chad who, who came out with it. Their, their business is called walk in love. And what I love about the planner is it even gives like your grocery list for the week and your menu and your word for the week and how you're going to reset and refresh on the weekends. And it just like, it honestly like forces you to have some margin, you know, in your life. Because I think a lot of times when we get, you know, our planner out, or our calendar out, we are very tempted to just fill it with complete like to-do lists, especially I'm like a, a an achiever personality. And so I will make unrealistic to-do lists and then I will beat myself up if I don't get everything done. But it was never realistic to start with. Preaching to the choir. <laughs> yes. And then I will drain myself and then I praise the Lord for my sweet husband who like, encourages me to rest. See, mine and Nico's problem is we're both overachievers and we're both workaholics. So Mm. we really have to be intentional about setting aside rest time and even just like not talking about work all the time outside of, you know, even in our rest days, we're like, oh, you know, talking about work, the next big thing. But anyway, wrapping up, 
A few um, final questions. Um, I wanted you to recommend just your favorite books. I know you have so many good ones. Um, something maybe you'd recommend to, you know, the single people and then maybe for the married folks. Okay. Wow. First off, I will say if you go on my Instagram, it's just Tori Masters and you go to like the link in my bio, my Amazon storefront has like an entire list Amazing. of all the books that I recommend because I know that I won't remember all of them in this moment. One that I loved and I think I recommended to you, Nicole, back in the day was 31 Prayers for My Future Husband. If you are single, I think it really gets you in the right frame of mind. Um, and then if you're married, a, a book that I love in terms of prayers is um, Power Prayers for My Husband. I could be saying that wrong. Um, so if I did say that wrong, feel free to message me on Instagram <laughs> and I'll send you the link. Um, but then the um, book that Chad and I read in premarital was Marriage in the Light of Eternity by Francis Chan, You and Me Forever. And I think it really put marriage in the right frame. Um, just like, I think it's so easy to to think of marriage in the wrong way um, versus what it what it looks like from an eternity minds, mind uh, viewpoint. And then The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry was a game changer, whether you're single or you're married. Um, Nico just got that one. It is especially for an achiever. It is triggering. Let me tell you. Convicted on every page. Um, but it talks about how if the enemy can't make you sin, he'll make you so busy that you'll be too distracted to hear the voice of God. And it it wrecked me. I need to read it probably four times a year. Like every I quarter, say, I should reread it. It sounds like something that needs to be reread multiple mm-hmm. times a year. Yes. Um, hi, I mean, it's probably one of my favorite books of all time, just because I love being convicted. I'm like, yes, Lord, keep Mm -hmm. teaching me. Um, But it, yeah. And it's an easy read. Like it's, it's very practical, which Mm -hmm. I love. Um, And so, yeah, I love this. I I love an easy read. Mm -hmm. Oh, Bob Goff (laughs) are my favorite books. Oh my gosh. Um, Like, especially because I just read his book, Dream Big. I'm reading that right now. It's so good. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like he um, he does such a good job of telling stories. And so I, the reason I love reading his books is I'll do one chapter before I go to bed every night. But they always just put a smile on my face because I'm like, that man is crazy. And I love it. It's really good. What is one thing that you would go back and tell your single self? Ooh, probably to not worry about it so much, you know, to enjoy and embrace that season with the Lord. Cause you're not, it's, you're not going to get your single season back once you're married. And so I think just really embracing that intimacy with the Lord and that time to develop community and spend time with friends and, um, like enjoy it. I feel like so often we, we allow worry to suck the joy out of a season because we're wishing that season away. Um, and I feel like we can get trapped in that no matter what we're waiting for, whether that's like, okay, I'm waiting for a boyfriend, but now I have the boyfriend. So I'm waiting for us to get engaged and now we're engaged. And I'm waiting for us mm-hmm. to get married and now we're married. And I'm waiting for a kid, you know, but, and we wish our life away. And so I feel like when you're single, just like embracing that season with the Lord and like being excited that you, you don't have to like, I don't know. It's just like, enjoy it. I feel like I Mm -hmm. wish I would have just told myself like, stop worrying so much about it. Like you're going to be fine. The Lord has you. And it's a lot easier, you know, looking back on it now. Um, because I'm like, what was life before marriage? Like I like forget it now. (laughs) Um, it feels like forever ago, but yeah, I wish I would have just embraced it a little bit more. 
Yeah, you never get that season back. Yeah, but I don't miss it. I will tell you, I don't miss it. But um, same. (laughs) I was just with a friend. She just got married two months ago, and I asked her. I said, "What's the most surprising thing about marriage that you didn't expect?" And she said, "I don't." She's a super independent person. I will preface. She goes, "I don't miss my independence," and I was like, "Oh, that's so sweet." She was like, "I just, I love." coming home to him and doing life with him. And, um, but she really embraced that season of singleness. And I think that that's why she doesn't miss it is because she really embraced the season that she had of independence and creating community. And now she's walking in a different season and the Lord is gracing her for, for that now. I love that. I can relate to that so much because I genuinely loved being single. Like I was never that person that was like, give me my future husband tomorrow, right now. Like, where is he? I feel like I truly embraced it. And I really, 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 and I was such a new like believer during my single season that it was such like a beautiful time that mm-hmm. I like got to know God and what that looked like for me. And I just feel like it was such a beautiful, intimate season. Um, and I, I would say the same thing. Like, I don't miss the independence, even though I loved it so much at that time. Yeah, I agree. Best dating advice you can give to a single person? Mm. I would say to prepare for what God's preparing for you. Um, I think that like you're not going to meet the person that you want if you're looking for a man of God, like in the club, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like start acting like the wife you want to become, you know, and become the person that the person you're looking for is looking for. Um, I know we've, we've said that a ton of times, but I think it's so true when you're single, start like acting like the person, you know, a godly man is going to be looking for, like pursue the Lord, run after what he has for you. Um, and, and as you're running towards what God has for you individually, look around and see who's running beside you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, yeah. Just That's like so prepare good. for it. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. So he who finds a wife, but that means in order for him to find a wife, you must already be behaving like a wife for him to find you. Amen. And that hit me so hard back in my single days. Okay, where can everyone find you and be encouraged daily by you and Chad? I just, I love what you guys are doing. And so I think- um, So sweet. Um, We have a daily devotional podcast. You can find it at the Messy Masterpiece Podcast with Chad and Tori. It is every single day, every single morning. It is live and ready. Um, And then you can also find us on YouTube at Tori and Chad Masters. We post every Tuesday and Thursday at 1030 Eastern Standard Time. And then just on Instagram at Tori Masters. I love it. Two videos a week. You guys are after it. <laughs> it is I, some content overload sometimes. But yes. I love it. We're but God is just rewarding you guys in the favor on your lives because of how much you guys chase the kingdom and bring people along with you is just so inspiring as your friend to watch. And um, I just love you and what you guys are doing. And I miss you. And thank you for coming on. I miss you. I'm and so proud of you. Thanks, girl. And I can't wait to have you back on and you and chat on. Yes. We got to get the man on for sure. Yes, we He's do. He's full of wisdom. And dad I love jokes. It. You, you, <laughs> the dad jokes hit hard. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. All right, girl. You'll love you so much. Dad joke counter. I love you too. Thanks for having me on. Bye.